is the Why Didn't I Know podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Dr. Jenny Martin, and today we're going to be talking about forbidden Christianity. In a previous episode, I talked about the banned teachings of Jesus, and I spoke about the Gospel of Philip. I also mentioned that I don't talk about this in terms of the traditional Gnostic interpretation, and I explained why that is. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to listen to that one first, just to get some background uh, about this particular text that I'm going to be diving into a little bit more here. Now, I am going to use as my translation the translation by Jean-Yves Leloup, and I will link it below this episode. And I'm going to start off on page 35 of this particular translation. I just want to read a sentence to you and just discuss it, and we'll just take it from there. Authentic beings are who they have always been, and what they engender is authentic, simply becoming one who is. And what this says to me is quite the opposite of what I heard growing up from religious leaders. What I heard growing up was that I'm a sinner that I am, that there's something inherently wrong with me. In fact, that I was born with a mark against me, original sin. Now, you might not have been born with that idea in your tradition, but if you've ever followed teachings that talk about you have some kind of karmic debt that you have to take care of, or that you have a shadow self that you have to deal with. There's different words for the idea of sin. Some people call it shadow. Some people call it karma. But this whole idea that there is something fundamentally wrong with us is pretty universal. And I also believe that this is what keeps us from really stepping into our full potential. Not that we ignore that we have our things to deal with. Surely we're here on the planet. And I, I do like the way that some people have framed it in terms of this being a school to really go through some trials and errors to really learn who we are. But you can believe that you start out as a flawed and damaged person and you have to try to become something that you're not. That's one philosophy. And that's the philosophy a lot of people carry. If you carry the idea that you have all of this karma from past lives and you have to work hard to try to get rid of it is not very much different than saying you picked up original sin from Adam and Eve and you have to 
overcome that in this life, that you have this sinful nature. Or people that come from the perspective of, I have this shadow self that is can get the best of me, and I have to work to overcome my shadow self. Now, as I said, it's not to say that we don't have things to cope with and things to overcome in our life. This is not about being a perfected person. Who knows what the word perfect really means? There's something beyond the whole idea that we're either damaged or that we're perfect. There's something beyond that dichotomy. And that is the idea that there is this core self within us that is divine, that isn't harmed by trauma, that it is this changeless part of us that is a resource for our human self. Yes, we're human. We make mistakes. We do things that we wish we didn't. Sure, there's all of the different challenges of being human. But what this passage is saying is the authentic self that's within us has always been there. It's been there even before we incarnated. Einstein told us that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes forms. Just like water can be frozen and changed into ice, or it can be boiled and changed into steam, it's still water, but it's just changed forms. We can be without a body, but it doesn't mean that we don't exist. And before we showed up in a body and were born through our mother's womb, we existed before then, but we didn't exist in the earthly realm in a human form. And when we existed as pure energy, we were in our authentic self. And what this passage is saying is that it's not about trying to become something that we're not. When I was going to Catholic school early on, that's what I was told, that I'm sinful I'm a lowly creature. God is great. And I'm just a lowly creature that has to go to confession and beg for forgiveness and confess my sins. But that I am separate from God. God is high in the sky and God judges my rights and my wrongs. And I have to follow the commandments and the different edicts so that I can try to live a good, honorable life. The whole idea that there's something wrong with us and that we have to earn 
the good graces, the approval of a, an external deity that judges us. That is ubiquitous in religions throughout the world. And what I have come to believe, and this is just my own understanding of the the way things happened, is that when Rome, the Roman Empire, decided to adopt Christianity as the official religion for the time back then, that Christianity took on this very rigid, rule-based way of living. But in early Christianity, before that happened, before the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century, there were different gospels that were in existence, this gospel of Philip being one of them, the gospel of Mary Magdalene being another, the gospel of Thomas. And they talked about not a rules-based religion where God is high in the sky and were these lowly creatures separate from the divine. But these other gospels talk about God not being separate from humanity, God existing within human beings, within the world, and not being a man, a, a man with a white beard in the sky, but being a benevolent presence throughout all of the world and beyond into the unseen world, and that there's nowhere we can be to be separate from God. The only place we can be to be separate from God is in our own mind when we believe we are separate from God. And, and trauma can give us that sense of believing that we are separate from God. But it's it's not a reality. It's a perception. And there's no judgment about the feeling separate from God. It's just changed perception. You realize that you were never separate. When people take psychedelics, most especially DMT, they get that awareness. It's a shift of perception. It's not that anything changed. It's that you're accessing a different ability to perceive what is already there. And that is very much what this passage that I just read to you Authentic beings are who they have always been, and what they engender is authentic, simply becoming one who is. So there's no striving to make yourself into something to please God that you are not currently. What it's about is realizing that, yeah, showing up on this planet, incarnating, is a process of forgetting, forgetting who we are. Because life, living in this world, and everything that we're coping with every day, especially probably now with one major global crisis after another, it's very challenging 
to really hold this perspective of a spiritual reality and this earthly existence being more of the illusion and the spiritual reality being the true reality. And interestingly enough, often when people report their experiences in research, when they have taken DMT, they talk about the mystical experience that they have on the psycho- that particular psychedelic feels more real than the waking reality that we live in. And that is exactly what this gospel is talking about, that that is the reality, that that is the whole process of living in the world today, or living in the world in general, is to re-remember who we really are, and to not have this idea that we have to die go to this place called heaven to have some kind of heavenly reward for having suffered through our whole life here, that's not at all what this gospel is talking about. This gospel is talking about something very different, and that is heaven is not a location that you go to. Heaven is a state of consciousness and that we can access that at will because God is everywhere present. It's only when we perceive the separation do we experience the separation. But just like when people take this DMT and they experience this mystical reality, it was there all the time. And one instant you can feel separate and like you're there is no purpose to life and there is no mystical reality. Within minutes after that particular psychedelic, you are in a completely different reality where you know that everything is all connected, that there is a benevolent presence, that there is something more to life, that you are not just this flesh and blood being. I do believe that those plant medicines were given to us to open our understanding, to give us a window into that reality. But more importantly, DMT is within the human body. And I do not believe that's a mistake. And I know there's research that shows that there's anti-inflammatory benefits to it. There's a neuroprotective benefit to it in terms of the oxidative effect during the dying process and during the birthing process, it really helps in terms of the whole oxidative process. But I believe the DMT was given to us to access at a psychedelic level when we're ready for it, because let's face it, DMT being activated before we are fully ready can lead to psychosis. I mean, there is something called kundalini psychosis. When you raise this energy in your body and you haven't spiritually, mentally, physiologically, every way really 
prepared for this experience, you can access it and kind of lose yourself. So people can not be able to differentiate reality from the waking reality, what's real and what's not real. And we can call that schizophrenia. Early research with endogenous DMT, the DMT that's within us, was done on the topic of how it relates to the experience of schizophrenia. And that is why we need direction. We need guidelines for how to access and integrate these very profound life-altering states of mind. It's not just to try to figure it out on your own and, and just have no particular path. It's not that you're following rigid rules and restrictions, thou shall not, you know, the whole idea of religion telling you what you shall not do. This gospel of Philip is not about telling you what you can't do and what is wrong about you. Rather, it's guiding almost through an experience of spiritual initiation to expand your consciousness, expand your awareness, understand the nature of who you are, and then understand why that is important as a human being to experience these states. And how can you integrate this into your life as a human who has to be on earth for a period of time, who has an important role to play You're here because there is something that you came to contribute to humanity. So you have a purpose here. So how can you be here but not be caught up in the drama of what's happening in the world, the the chaos and the despair and the constant fear? How can you live in the world but not be caught in the drama? Because if you're caught in the drama, you're cut off from your ability to really create something and contribute. If you're in fear, you're not in a state of creation. And you're also not able to serve your fellow brothers and sisters because you're caught in that whole drama. So... How can we be in the world, but not of it? And how can we go beyond just living in the waking state of consciousness? How can we go beyond that, this whole idea of bringing heaven to earth? And how do we do that without any external substance? And then the next aspect of this, what does that mean for our primary relationship in terms of another person and what role does sexuality have to do with that that's all what we're going to be talking about on this podcast not on this particular episode it's too much to talk about but i want to give you a sense of where i'm going with the translation of the gospel of philip 
it, this is not a translation you're going to find somewhere else. It's a translation that has shown itself to me during the whole process of my own reclaiming my own journey and having visceral experiences of these expanded states individually and with a partner. And then going back and reading this book from that expanded state and realizing, oh, wow, it's the message has been in this book the whole time. Now, it doesn't jump off the page at you. It's not for the analytical mind to decipher. It's a deeper part of you that can decode these messages in this book. And as I mentioned, I'm not interpreting this from the traditional scholarly Gnostic interpretation. I value other people's opinions, and that's fine. I have no interest really to debate this. The only reason I'm sharing this interpretation is that it has changed my experience of my own sexuality, of my spirituality, and it's changed my experience of being in an intimate relationship with another human being. And fundamentally, it has changed my experience of the divine in a very profound, profoundly positive way. And I feel guided to to share that with people. And my book about this whole subject is going to be released in a number of months. It's called Jesus's Secret Sayings about Sacred Sexuality. And I will link that below in the show notes as well. So I want to just leave you with this thought. That which you aspire to be in terms of being someone who has a sense of being a spiritual being and having a spiritual experience, that is already who you are. And that is already accessible to you. It is allowing that to be your identity and allowing yourself to focus on that as being your true self. So thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. And until then, know that you are loved. Mm -hmm.